Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode of She Squared, the podcast that gives voice to the written word of your favorite film slash pairing. I'm Natasha Lance, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know it's been a while since we've had an episode, but let me give you a little bit of a, a reasoning for that. Um, there are two of us that work on this podcast, really, sometimes three, but usually two of us, and that is myself and um, one other person mainly, and I'm, you know, the one who does all the reading, and we both kind of tackle a lot of the other stuff, but um, sometimes life just gets in the way, you know, and, and that's kind of what's been going on. So my apologies, I know I've been trying to interact with uh, everybody on the, the Tumblr as much as possible, and I really thank you for all of your interactions. It's been kind of wonderful kind of hearing from you guys and, and seeing uh, what you think about certain things. I know we've had some some big events. I just talked about the bold type ending, which was near and dear to my heart. And um, oh my God, so much legend stuff is going on and so much Batwoman stuff is happening. And and we're really going to be getting into that in this episode. So uh, we have in-studio guest, uh, Gabna43. She is an Avalanche writer and an amazing person and just absolutely wonderful on all things legends and so we're going to sit down and talk about everything that's been going on and all of the different theories about uh sarah being a clone and bishop and and all of this different stuff that's going on so we're going to be discussing all of that and then uh towards the end of the show we're going to be talking about batwoman and we're going to be talking about the situation with kate kane leaving and kind of what that is looking like in the discourse that's going on um, online and how it's not necessarily happening in a way that is um, is productive or good or not racist in some instances. So uh, we, we're, we're going to be getting into that. I, people may have seen that I said I'm actually not happy with the fact that Kate Kane has been exited from the show. But it's not because I don't think that Javicia Leslie is absolutely phenomenal and that Ryan Wilder does not deserve to be Batwoman because that's just not the case at all. I think she makes an amazing Batwoman. Um, my issue with it has has everything to do with the history of Kate Kane as the most iconic, the first lesbian superhero to ever hold a main title. And so that just, you know, that that that's the thing that gets me. So anyway, we're going to be getting into that. We're going to be talking a lot about all of that stuff. Um, you're going to be hearing my dogs probably on on the podcast, Garrison Shepherd. Um, they are, you know, enjoying quote unquote the fireworks that are happening around us tonight. So, just uh, sit back and relax, and let's dive right on in. We're going to talk about legends, and we're going to talk about Batwoman, and then I would love to hear from you guys your thoughts, your theories, your reactions, everything. Let's start a conversation. Let's let's keep talking. I mean, this is all. One big family in fan fiction land. So let's uh, let's act like it. All right. All right. Let's get right into it, guys. All right. So I am here talking to Gabna43 again because she is amazing and um, it has awesome avalanche theories and legends theories and um, nerds out with me all the time and it's fantastic. So we're going to chat about all things legends and avalanche yep. and um, some Batwoman stuff and, and things later on in the show. But 
I have been interacting online on Tumblr with everyone and talking about my very big theory that Sarah Lance, as we know her right now, is not a clone. Um, well, first of all, let's just, yay, Avalanche is engaged. Yay, they're engaged! Yes, that one is... of the best engagement scenes ever. Very well written and acted, as usual. Perfect. That whole episode was just beautifully acted between those two. I mean, from the moment that you hear Sarah say Ava until the end of that episode was just brilliant. I may have, have watched that section more times than, than I should admit, but starting basically right, <laughs> right at that moment because it's just such an amazing portrayal of their relationship. They're so soft with each other and so um, the depth of their love is very much on display. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's not something as LGBT viewers that we ever really get to see. Mm. Right, we don't ever really get to see. We have to choose, right? We always have to choose between like you get the soft scenes, or you get the passing, longing looks scene, or you get the um, fighting with each other all the time scene, or you get the one strange, just the one kind of sex scene in Batwoman, but you never get a mix of all of that stuff. You don't get a fully fleshed out uh, romance. And especially between two for better, you know, action heroes, um, women who are portrayed to be badass. They very rarely make them to where they also within their interpersonal relationships, we're seeing they have a, a whole range of emotions like, you know, real human people. Like do. humans. Yes. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. So that's, you know, talk. that's also very nice to see, you know, especially if you followed Sarah Lance from Arrow, there's, you're, you're getting to see that she is a very complex person, but who truly, truly loves Ava in addition to being still badass. Yeah. Yeah. Love doesn't make you any less of a badass. Right. Um, so anyway, I love, I love that moment. I love also that we get to see, and someone mentioned this on Tumblr, um, and forgive me, whoever you are that mentioned it, I can't remember who it was, that you finally get to see the toll a little bit that this whole ordeal has taken on Sarah. And that's in Katie Lotz's performance, I think, when she comes in and is very gently kind of leaning her head against Ava's. Um, you can just see that weight lift off of her. And you and I have talked about this. Um, Katie Lotz's face there, the way that she portrays it when Ava asks her, when Jess McCallum asks her, are you okay? And the pause, the way they have her makeup, the way that she is playing that moment when she just says, I am now. Yeah, the tears in her eyes there really kind of underscore the weight that she has has carried up until that point, that her only goal was, I need to get home to Ava. And you can very much see that in that performance. And I appreciate that that was essentially her um, motivation the entire season so far. And, and, and she made no qualms she had no qualms about making that known right i'm getting back to ava i'm getting back to her 
um, and getting back to her, and I'm going to propose with that ring, you know, motherfucker, give it back, kind of thing. Um, all right, so let's talk about, so, yay, we, we love Avalanche, and, um, we are absolutely 100% freaking out over their engagement, but let's talk about the, um, elephant in the room, which is, this Sarah Lance is not a clone. Now, I, I, there are a thousand reasons that I have said on Tumblr. There are a bunch of reasons that I wholeheartedly believe this. Um, first of all, there was a very big deal about Sarah's rings. Katie Lotz is very meticulous about Sarah's rings. She said that in previous interviews. She's talked about the fact that she chooses what fingers to put them on. She chooses what rings to put on. Um, that's, that's a character trait that is very important to that actress. We were shown that she put that engagement ring on her right hand. She put it on her right hand when she was punching out of that cryo tube. Um, she put it on her right hand. We were shown again when she drinks the quote unquote antidote that those rings are on her right hand. And that is a close up on, on that shot. And shots are intentional. A hundred percent shots are intentional. Um, then we see her quote unquote dead body laying on the, on the table under the sheet. And those rings are on her left hand. And that's not a mistake that legends makes. Legends do not make those mistakes. Um, sorry, if you can hear my dog, Garris kind of, uh, walking around on the floor here so you may hear little click clicks of his nails um my apologies he's just joining the podcast uh so anyway that's not a mistake that legends historically makes and it's not a mistake that i believe that katie lots would make it's not it's not something that would slip past continuity experts production director costuming and katie lots Right, and because Sarah is not engaged, she would not be wearing that ring on that finger. Right, because that ring is not meant for her left finger. Right, it's it's Ava's ring meant to go on Ava's left hand on her ring finger. So every time we see it on Sarah before she, Bishop says dies, but before Lies. we think pass out, um, it's on her right hand the entire time. So if that's truly just her dead body that they've just thrown a sheet over, then who moved her rings around? Right. Right. If, however, say the rings were hastily taken off of her and she was prepped for surgery, which we're going to come right back to, then someone knowing the human tradition of being engaged would put those rings on a left hand. Maybe it was surgery prep Ava. We didn't get to meet her, but maybe <laughs> maybe that's who that was. There's an Ava for every need. <laughs> it's just So yeah, the rings are the rings are massively important. That is a it is a very big tale. That in and of itself is not it for me is a huge deal. That is not a mistake. Now we also were shown Amelia Earhart and that whole storyline was an entire episode in and of itself, right? And we were shown a couple of different things that are important and I think are going to come back in uh, later on in the season. And you and I have talked about. Number one, that that 
is the real Amelia Earhart. Yeah, Astra repeatedly says this that this is the real Amelia Earhart with Amelia Earhart's memories and that it's kind of a separate brain, a separate being from the alien that has been put inside of her. But it's not an Amelia Earhart clone. It is Amelia Earhart. Right. Um, so what I think has gone on here is that we are shown that piece of information. We are shown that is the real Amelia Earhart for a reason. Well, for two reasons. Number one, to kind of throw back when it comes back out that this is not a clone Sarah that we're dealing with. That's the real Sarah Lance. And this Amelia Earhart had alien DNA added, just like I think, clearly, this Sarah Lance has. I mean, she's clearly got something going on. She had a bullet to the head and is totally fine. Um, yeah, talking about a cool, a cool shot, um, a cool camera shot. I mean, um, the, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say one of the things that I appreciate to me the most about Legends writers is because it's been largely the same team since season one. They don't forget details, and they always do callbacks, and they always tie things back. So. Yes, you know, Amelia Earhart is who poisoned OG Sarah. Um, and yes, they find out that Amelia Earhart has been, um, the original Amelia Earhart has been implanted with some kind of alien. But I think there's always a reason for the stories we're being told. Um, oh, yeah. There's always that connection. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I agree um, that... There are lots of reasons to believe that OG Sarah is still very much alive and well. Well, and if y'all shall think about Bishop telling Sarah that Amelia, when he was revealing his evil plan like a James Bond villain, <laughs> um, when he told her that Amelia Earhart was not resilient enough. Right, but that but she is. who is more resilient than Sarah Lance, he says, right? So the thing that could not be done to Amelia correctly can be done to Sarah correctly. And why would he do that to a clone? He would not. So I also think that the title of the episode was very important. So Bishop's Gambit, right? A gambit is a roll of the dice, basically. It's it's something meant to make you capitulate to what I want you to do, right? It's, it's not something guaranteed, but it's I'm taking a risk by doing this. But it's to get you to see what I want you to see, Right? So, if he reveals to Sarah, oh, you're a clone. Look, you're dead there. Oh, sorry. Ha ha. Right? I want you to be the big badass, what was it, PowerPoint Ava, I guess they said. <laughs> you're going to lead this new human race with me. But see, this body's already dead and you're already a clone, so it's totally fine. That's a gambit. He's taking a risk there. He's saying, you see what I want you to see and you go along with, with my plan because that's what I want you to do. And it's just not true. She's not actually a clone. Now, I think that clone is going to show up. And we've already seen Sarah Lance as a clone. I think that that shot of her spitting on the ground was massively important. Or the shot of you know him pulling out one vial from Kayla's ship of the DNA could also be important. Either one. Either one of those. 
that clone that was on that table and was hastily dressed as the quote-unquote real Sarah Lance and had the rings put back on her hands, that clone was used as part of his gambit. Well, and especially, you know, Gambit is also, you know, as many people know of the, the Netflix movie, the, the Queen's Gambit, um, Gambit is also a, a term in chess of you right. sacrifice a pawn to gain an advantage over an right. opponent. So in this case, if the Sarah clone is the pawn and you get that clone poisoned, so she has the exact same poison marks that the OG Sarah Lance had, it makes it much more believable that she's seeing quote, the real Sarah Lance on a gurney when in fact it could just be a sacrificed pawn. Right. Because those aliens are all outside. Yes. Those are the, yeah. the aliens that are chasing, you know, Mick and Gary around. The entire time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there are lots of little hints along the way. Um, have you talked about the birthmark yet? Not yet. Getting there. Okay. Sorry. No, go ahead. Jumping ahead. Lead it in. Oh, okay. Um, you know, a conversation. I, I, <laughs> I think everyone very much was focused, rightly so, rightly so, um, Amen. Finally, the CW apparently allowed there to be a suggested sex scene between now engaged um, Ava and Sarah. It was really the first time that we're, you know, we're getting you to see. You guys can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes. Yes. Um, you know, them collapsing onto the bed in something other than exhaustion. Um, but in that scene, you know, when they're joking about the passion dragon ash, um, which by the way, amazing scene, amazingly written, um, perfectly played. Um, you know, I noticed that Katie Lotz's birthmark was still very prominently on display right. because she's yeah, wearing her tank top, which, oh, so sad. Katie Lotz in a tank top. Anyway, um, <laughs> so in that scene, you see, you know, Sarah Lance slash Katie Lotz's birthmark. And, you know, my question is if she's a clone and all of her scars have been fixed because of, you know, she's a brand new body and brand new clone. Um, nope. Wouldn't there also not be a birthmark if she's supposedly a perfect spe- specimen, a perfect right. being. Um, and yet there's Sarah Lance's birthmark. Right. Um, so, you know, it just, it's another one of those indications of it would have been very easy for the legends production team to have edited that out, to have covered it with makeup, but it's still there. So. Yes. And I also think it's important to talk about the fact that people are saying, well, she no longer has any of her scars. Okay, well, she has massive regenerative powers now. Those scars would be healed. Right, especially, you know, Bishop does make a very big point to say that medical science in his day and age, whatever year he's from, um, have advanced far beyond anything that Sarah can understand. So it's very possible that there's some kind of regenerative um, medication that she was given not only to recover from the sting, but also that medication could have healed her scars, could have made her feel like she's quote unquote brand new when in fact it's just really advanced medicine from the future. Right. Right. I still think that the time Lord's, Time Master. Oh, yeah, somebody's coming I got a little Doctor Who, I guess. Um, That the Time Masters are involved. Because why would Rip have access to all these Avas if not? So, you know, and especially we were given a little bit of a hint. I've actually kind of been surprised we haven't seen it so far. We were given a hint um, by the producers and the showrunners that 
a, an early Legends season one slash season two character um, would show back up. So you know, maybe Bless it's you, the Shepherd. maybe it's the Time Masters. Who knows? That's that's the other dog sneezing in the background. That's Shepherd. And yes, the dogs are named Shepherd and Garrus um, from from Mass Effect, obviously because we're huge dorks. But um, yeah, so bless you. Yeah, bless you, little one. Uh, yeah, agreed. So that that surprise is not just the Avas, which was certainly a, a surprise. But I mean, come on, you just give Jess McAllen any list of Avas to play, and it's. I just... mean, my God, can we just take a moment and talk about how Jess McAllen has just. I mean, gone crazy with amazingness. Which, as a season. side note, congratulations for Jess McCallan for actually getting engaged. This right. That was yes. Really cool. Yes. Jess McCallan and uh, Nicholas, 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 <laughs> Nicholas Bishop uh, got engaged, and it was announced yesterday. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. So congratulations to them. Um. That is that is certainly fantastic. Sorry. Side note. Wasn't trying to be distracted. No. Yeah. No. It was, and and I actually talked about this a lot. Um. The, I love Legends meta, just the way that, it, number one, it doesn't take itself seriously, but number two, that it makes fun of itself a whole lot. Oh, yeah. And in Stressed Western, you have Nicholas Bishop, who is Jess McAllen's now fiancé, having beef for some reason with Sarah Lance, who is obviously Ava Sharp's fiance and so they have like a old school western showdown in Times square basically um and that is hilarious that is so i could not stop laughing during that scene and i love that yeah okay so he cheats and he shoots her right before and the 10 seconds yeah. yeah and she survives obviously, which was a calculated risk on her part because you could see her like looking down at her hands. And we once again get a, a little, a sad, desperate Ava yell Sarah, you know, which is just, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting tired of that. We need to, we need to just go ahead and close up that little... Stop torturing Ava to watch Sarah get hurt and die. Stop it. Right. Yeah. Let's start a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stop torturing Ava 2021. <laughs> let's, let's just do that. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. So she looks down at her hand, mm-hmm. right, to nod back to the fact that she learned about her regenerative powers because she cut her hand and it healed. So that's a nod. That's something that production noticed and caught and put in a later episode. That's important. We're talking about the rings thing. But she didn't know it was going to work, Right. She was not going to draw on him for, you know, multiple reasons, but she knew that worm was going to come and she was going to be able to get the whistle off of him. But she, so she gets shot in the head, which was, you were right, an amazing shot. And her hat goes flying off. So her hat is effectively ruined, which is some shit because in old, old Wild West society, um, a cowboy's hat is the thing you don't touch it, right? You don't touch a cowboy's hat. And she's had the same hat since season one. Season one. Since Yeehaw Sarah season one, she's had the same no, hat. Let's not call them Yeehaw Sarah. No, that's Sarah. what everyone calls I them. I understand that. Not on this show. Okay. We're better than that show. here. <laughs> Cowgirl Sarah. Even that sounds horrible. Let's just call her Western Sarah. 
She's like a Barbie. I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's just Sarah in a cowboy outfit. I don't know. Fine. Yeehaw, Sarah. God. <laughs> awful. I hate it. Um, yeah, she has had the same outfit, same hat, same everything since season one. Again, attention to those little details. And so he shoots her. Hat goes flying off. She kills him. She takes his hat, which Gideon could fix her hat, could get her a new hat, no big deal. She takes his hat because that is a fuck you. <laughs> that is what it's that is. It's a great one, yes. Um, because Ava's fiance was always going to be Jess's fiance on, on Legends. Legends, Come on. yeah. I mean, that was just always going to happen. So. Um, that was that was very very interesting and I and I really love that. So I love Legends meta and being able to make fun of themselves like that. I just I think that is part of the joy of the show. You actually had a very interesting theory that you were just talking to me about before we started recording this that helps prove that Sarah is not a clone. That she is in fact original Sarah. Well, as original as Sarah as can be. <laughs> um, so OG Sarah. And that's an interesting theory. So so talk about that theory. Okay, it's very complicated. and okay, I It's not very complicated. It, it feels just, very complicated. I'm just old and slow. Um, so. I'm just, for me, I'm just thinking about, you know, when John and Charlie in Legends of To Meow Meow are trying to go back and change his history with Desmond, which is an event that John even references in Back to the Finale Part 2 and says, you know, you can't, some things you just can't change. Um, so in that episode, the legend's lore is kind of established that when you go back and change things in the past, your present self gets all of those memories. Um, right, because the timeline is changing. Right, so the timeline right. is currently changing. So, you know, as John and Charlie keep going back and messing things up further and further and further, they're they're making changes in the quote-unquote present timeline. Um, and so we're seeing John's memories change in real time, even though he's changing things in the past. So basically memories are being adjusted by past behaviors. Um, and... You know, for me, if OG Sarah Lance dies on the planet because she's been poisoned and there's no anecdote and really what Bishop gave her was just, you know, surgery prep. If we're supposed to believe that OG Sarah died then, then the memories that, quote, Sarah clone was given were the memories that OG Sarah had up until that moment. Um, and Bishop even says when he is puts his memories into a new clone, it's up until the moment that he dies. So OG Sarah is dead. Her memories should have died and stopped right then. Okay. So Sarah clone only has memories of OG Sarah up until the moment Sarah died. And then from that point on, she's making new memories as quote unquote Sarah Lance. Okay. Because that's what Bishop does. And that's what he was talking about. Right. Okay. She basically picks up Sarah Lance's timeline right when Sarah Lance dies. Gotcha. But she should not, if she is not Sarah Lance, her memories of the past should not be able to be altered in the real time. Because they're not her memories. Right. They would be Sarah Lance's memories, OG Sarah Lance. But if OG Sarah Lance is dead, 
then those events happened to her. They would not have happened to the clone. They would not be updating in real time. And so it was interesting to me that in that episode, supposedly clone Sarah turns to nurse Ava and says, you know. No, no, not to nurse Ava. They're laying in bed at the time. No, no. Just follow me. Okay, sorry. Turns to nurse Ava okay. and, and references Bayrod and the fact that the legends are back in the past, and she says they're trying to stop me from being abducted. Those idiots are going to destroy the timeline oh, right. if I don't get back there. So she is in real time experiencing new memories that are quote unquote updating as the legends are in the past messing with her past. She would not be able to do that if she was a clone. Her memories of Sarah would be set at the point Sarah died, and she would only know the past from Sarah. She shouldn't still be able to be updating as original Sarah. Because those memories are fixed. And are happening to OG Sarah. And the memories should be fixed. So current clone should not still be able to get memories changed from Sarah's past if she's not actually Sarah. And the fact that they are changing tells me that's actually Sarah Lance or they wouldn't be changing. That's so interesting. And that's a really good theory. That's a great theory. And one that I never would have thought of at all. And like I said, it's kind of like, nerdy, but I was... And <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's kind of nerdy, but I was just like, wait a minute. Like her original Sarah's, the real Sarah Lance's memories stopped when she died, supposedly. How is clone Sarah updating real-time memories? That that doesn't, right. that can't be happening. Right. That And that, there you go. I mean, for me, that's just more, that's more proof. There. Right. Now, do I think, however, that Bishop can clone Sarah? Yes. Oh, yeah, he's already we, done we, it. He's already done it once. We see hybrid alien, quote, clone Sarah trying to make a version of herself, and we see the process starting. We know that he can clone her. I think that's going to become important later. Oh, yeah. Very important later. That's but coming massively important. She, the Sarah that goes back to the Wave Rider and is with Ava right now, I do not think is a clone. I think she's been altered, but yeah. I don't think she's a clone. And then it becomes important that we saw Astra be able to go into Amelia Earhart's hybrid brain and distinguish that she was the real Amelia Earhart, but she wasn't as Bishop said, resilient enough, um, which I don't believe because he got all pissy when he was like, well, no one gets it right the first time out of the gate. Um, so that's Bishop's fault. <laughs> and Well, I am not going to blame a woman for that. I mean, right. that's, that's crap. Um, so Asher wasn't able to pull Amelia out of the alien. She was able, unfortunately, to pull the alien out of Amelia, right? Um, I think that's going to come back in. And when John gets his powers back, I think he will be able to go in and separate whatever has gone on with Sarah. Um, yeah, that fountain is important somehow. Oh, don't, yeah. don't know why, but they keep mentioning it over and over again. Whether it's, you know, the whole you go dip in the fountain and you're recovered, or, you know, John becomes powerful enough that he can, can separate them. Right. I don't Yeah, there's there's a reason that that keeps getting mentioned. Yeah, it keeps getting mentioned. That's that's important. Um, that being said, I have talked to you and you have talked to me um, a lot about who we think the big bad is. <laughs> and you have now is, convinced me. That is coming. Um, what did you say? I have now convinced you. You have now convinced me as to oh. who the big bad is. Woo-hoo. 
Hang on. I'm going to take a moment to celebrate that. <laughs> um, so, okay. Just, I'm just going to throw it out there. The big bad is Sarah. Okay. Now the big bad is not the Sarah that we know and love. The big bad is Sarah that's going to be cloned by Bishop. And who may have all of her old memories, um, who unfortunately then would have all of her assassin training. Because um, we know that Sarah's going to have to go back to her assassin training, right? That is something They've that the writers several times, yeah. have said that. Um, so that's coming. But was it PowerPoint, Ava, that put that together? I think it was PowerPoint, Ava, that has the the starting with the White Canary and then all the other little White Canary army, yes. And that's your theory. Yes. See, my theory, and I've talked about this on Tumblr, is that um, one of the reasons that Sarah has to tell them that Bishop has the ability to clone, not only her, but Ava, but they are the leaders of the team. And if suddenly Ava and Sarah walk up and they're not the real Ava and Sarah, then that team member is in mortal danger. Yeah, and especially we've talked about, you know, they learned this the hard way with Rip's commands for Gideon. If, you know, an evil Sarah clone has all of Sarah's knowledge, that means she would also be able to command the Wave Rider. Right, because when um, they got young Sarah Lance on the ship. Yeah, in season one, yeah. Is that in season one? I think so. They're trying to prevent the Pilgrim from killing everybody. That's a weird sentence. It's, it's but that's just, a just follow truly me on legend the... statement yes. right there. They get they get teenage Sarah saved by White Canary Sarah. Yes. Okay. And teenage Sarah is able to open a door by putting her hand yes, on a her, panel. The palm re- the palm read recognizes her as Sarah Lance. Which means that it no when a clone Sarah gets on board as Big Bad, she can shut that shit down. <laughs> I mean, yes, and she knows all the, I mean, she would know the command, the, the command, that the captain's commands, secret code words. She knows those. She would know everything. Yeah, she would know everything. So your thought is that it's actually going to be the White Canary. Oh yeah, my thought is that, the, that there's a reason that PowerPoint slash AV Ava chose that particular image. And, you know, we had heard several times that, you know, they were going to give Katie Lotz the ability to, number one, fight a lot more this season. Um, and Which, yay. Yes, amen. And that we were going to see the White Canary outfit several times this, this season. And we haven't seen it once. And we have not. And there have even been some behind-the-scenes photos from later in the season that have her in that outfit. And so, for me, the fact that the, the, the presentation that Bishop gives has Sarah Lance in the White Canary outfit as the person who's, you know, going to help him continue the human race. I just think that that's going to be what the incarnation that is the quote-unquote evil Sarah, what more horrible thing could he do than to bastardize the White Canary? Canary? Because, you know, that's her thing from Laurel. She's being the canary in the light and is supposed to be filled with hope. But, of course, he would not know that. And so... He if, wouldn't care. Right. Either. So if, you know, bad, quote unquote, bad clone Sarah Lance is the white canary, that's, you know. I just think about Sarah on Arrow when she was resurrected from the Lazarus pit. Oh, yeah. And she was feral. deadly. Yeah, feral is a perfect way to put it. 
um, she was a wild animal. And I think about this Sarah that's coming and you guys, this is just how we're operating, that this Sarah is coming. She may have the strength and feral abilities of that Sarah, but also the maturity and the knowledge of our Sarah as she's gotten older, but have none of the qualms about using those assassin moves that Sarah has tempered over the years, right? So we saw one beautifully come out in the episode where she was um, in the samurai clothing. I, what, I can't remember the name of the episode. You're looking at me. Sorry, Gavin's looking at me like, are you going to finish this statement? Yeah, like, like fill in a little bit more where you're going with this. Okay, well, I was trying to figure out the, the name of the outfit that she is in, um, but it doesn't matter. So they're in feudal Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, she is fighting with the samurai soldier and it's all about honor and it's all about fighting with the katanas and, and facing one-on-one. And that's an amazing episode by the way, but she beats him in the end by using a dagger. So she goes at him quote unquote with honor, but then beats him with the assassin's dagger that she has tucked always on herself. And she slits his throat with that. As they clash. That is an assassin's trick that she had to fall back on. Right? That was season two. Because Amaya was still there. Yeah, she and Amaya fight. Yes. Okay. She's, this is, we're season six now. So those kinds of things, they're still there. But she doesn't go to them often. This Sarah that's coming will go to them often. I think. Well, I, I, you know. It makes her more deadly. One of the things that I just remember is in the Zari episode, the Groundhog Zari episode. Um, Perfect episode. You know, one of the things that Sarah tells Ray after Zari wakes up and Zari is telling them everything that has happened to her and Sarah's just like, yeah, I think you were dreaming. And she's like, no, I was not. Ray, tell Sarah why you were afraid of her. And Ray says, you know, if Malice possesses you, we're going to have a hard time handling you. And, and Sarah basically says, you're right. It's going to take more than just a handful of you to take me down. Right. Um, I, I think, right. <laughs> I think that. Sarah is well aware that on her own, even with Ava on the ship, because they are evenly matched, if she went evil with Malice, they would have had a hard time containing her. I think if you it put... It would have taken more than one of Oh, it would have taken all of the legends. Yes, not yeah. just not just the totem bearers, which we've kind of you know all moved past, other than um, the Tarazi siblings. But it, it would have taken all of them to be able to try to take her on. I, I think in this situation, if we remember that Bishop can train, Bishop can program the Avas to be what he needs them to right. be, and give them whatever skills he needs for them to have, right? Um, and personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he could make a Sarah that had no feeling. Right. No empathy, no guilt, none of the darkness that our Sarah Lance carries, the guilt that has kind of shaped her into the an thing amazing that leader. Her to pull her punches. Yes. When the death totem took, took over. over her. Yes. The thing, the empathy and the maturity that has come from 
the experiences she has had, the results of those experiences that have honed her into the person she is. Um, if you had a Sarah Lance who had gone through all of that and had learned nothing but to be more deadly and felt no love, felt no compassion. And that's the key. The key is the love. Right. And just like there's the joke on Twitter of, you know, Sarah Lance makes every Ava that she meets falls in love, fall in love with her. <laughs> the question. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. <laughs> the, the question is going to be, and this is, you know, kind of where my thoughts are about this whole thing. The only way you could convince a Sarah Lance who has nothing, who has nothing to lose, nothing to gain, has no family, has no team, and is just a death machine. Right. How do you get through to that Sarah Lance? And the only thing I keep coming back to is Ava Sharp. That's the only way you get through right, to because that they're Sarah soulmates. Lance. I yes. mean, just now I don't know how that happens, but that's your own. That's your own. It's not going to be mono and mono Sarah versus Sarah. That is not going. Oh, it will to be. Stop. Yes, it will be for. But a it's little bit. not going to stop the quote unquote evil clone Sarah Lance. It just won't stop her. Right. It's it's not. It's not our OG Sarah, even enhanced, right, is not going to be enough to stop clone White Canary. Right, because they know each other's moves. I mean, let's they just, know each other's moves. There's exactly. Not, I mean, exactly. So we know that they filmed what was it, like a 13 page dialogue scene mm-hmm. between 12 page, 12 page between Jess McAllen and. What's the guy's name who plays Bishop? I don't know, but it that actor between that actor and Justin McCallum. Okay, on the Wave Rider, we know that happened. Yep. Um, and we also know that there is a ten-hour filming. The day was a ten-hour filming. A ten-hour day. day of filming yeah, for the same episode. For the same episode, a fight scene between Katie Lotz and dot dot dot. The director would not say who she was fighting. She's fighting herself. And that's why it's ta- it takes so long to film. Uh, obviously, Bishop and Ava have a hell of a lot to talk about. I think Bishop is going to serve as a distraction to Ava. And Ava's going to have to realize, why is he wanting to distract me? Right? So there's got to be a scene. And it's going to go two ways. Because Sarah versus Sarah is not going to work. It's not going to end. So it's either going to have to be Sarah and all the legends versus Ava. Sorry, versus Clone White Canary. Or, and this is what I would love to see, in the hallway, Sarah, OG Sarah, on one side, Clone White Canary in front of her, and then the camera pans over a little bit more, and it's Ava behind. And you get Sarah and Ava fighting Clone White Canary. Because... I gotta tell you, I'm getting a little tired of not being able to see badass, kick-ass Ava Sharp. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... Where are you? <laughs> the perceptions <laughs> of Ava... Come some... back, Ava! <laughs> the perceptions of Ava are sometimes maddening, right? I mean, you have a whole group of people, um, and let oh, me just... God. Let me just first... Get into that. Let me just first say that everybody is allowed to stand whoever they want. They're allowed to have, you know, imaginations and fan cheering of relationships and et cetera. But I, I have to say that the people who argue that Ava Sharp is, is toxic 
for Sarah Lance are, are people that I don't understand. Um, I'm going to go one more and be like, what the fuck? Well, guys? yes. I, you know, because for me, it's the, it, yes, they started out as, I wouldn't even say they were enemies. They started out as people who were in direct competition with each enemies other. Enemies to lovers yes, is, is one of is the a greatest trope, trope, great trope ever. But, you know, even in that timeline, yes, in that time frame, sorry, um, you know, yes, Ava calls them idiots. And yes, you know, let's be honest, in some cases, she's not wrong. Even Sarah calls them idiots. Oh, no, they're um, idiots. Yeah, um, 100%. So, but you know, lovable. yes, Ava is is mean to them and judgmental about them. But we also have to understand that so is Rip. She has gotten all of that attitude and arrogance from Rip about yeah, the team. She was programmed yes. somehow. yes. And supposedly she's been working with Rip for years. So her perception of, of the legends is coming from Rip's very judgmental, you know, completely denying his own responsibility. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, yeah, we I, don't like Rip. Just... A- Ava, for me... Come on the show! Hate Rip with us. <laughs> that's great. Ava has very much... Part of what makes her human is that she has changed and adapted and grown. But she truly cares and loves Sarah for who Sarah is. She's one of the few characters who has seen exactly who Sarah is and loves her because of that, not in spite of that. And I, I will just be honest and say that most of the people that I see who argue that Ava is toxic and that, you know, Sarah and Ava never should work and that Sarah should go back to Nyssa. Um, that's generally, we love you, Nyssa. That's, that's, that's generally the argument I see, that Ava is toxic for Sarah, and so Sarah should go back to Nyssa because Nyssa is the only one who ever truly loved her. Okay. And I just want to say that, <laughs> if, that if someone was so intent on having me that they kidnapped my mother and threatened to destroy an entire city... And that I so desperately did not want the life they offered that I freaking poisoned myself. That is not a healthy relationship. And if you Great, think that's it what is, I was gonna say. Yes, <laughs> so. if, if you think it is, that I am just very concerned about the examples you have seen for healthy lesbian relationships. Um, Nissa, Wait, which one of us has not had a potential lesbian partner kidnap their mother? Okay, right. I right. mean, I mean that clearly happens us, all the time. Which, who of us? Are privileged enough to right. not have had that happen. Who, who has missed the crazy? Um, <laughs> but that's not to say I don't like Nissa as a character. I very much do. And in the end, no, I love she does the right thing. Um, yeah. In the end, she lets Sarah go. And that is that is the right thing. She knows that Sarah is not meant to be with her. So again, I'm not, I'm not slamming those of you who enjoy Nissa, who are big Nissa fans. I'm just saying the... Ava is toxic has often come out of that particular part of the fan base. And I don't understand it because, you know, Ava is not a toxic partner. Um, however, the Wait, reason now, I started let on me, all let this. Me, let me ahead. respond to that. Yeah. Let me respond to that. Um, okay. So yes, first of all, Nisera is, is actually a really good ship. Right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, I and we here respect everybody's ship. Amen. Everybody's Again, not trying to slam the ship. Ships. Well, and I know you're not trying to slam it. Um, I just wanted to reiterate that for everybody who was listening. But 
Yeah, it was a toxic relationship. And there's nothing wrong with showing that. Um, or at least at the end of the relationship, it was toxic. I, you know, we obviously, and that's one of the things I love about right. fan fiction. So many people write these beautiful stories. And, you know, I have read probably five or six off the top of my head that I can Great, just Great, send them to us and I'll am- try to read some of them. <laughs> that, that are amazing exploring how Nissa and Sarah got together. I mean, they're just, they're, those stories are beautiful. So for me, it's not about, we have, we have very limited information about how that relationship started or Absolutely. progressed. We just know that at the end, Sarah had to leave it. And Nissa was literally willing to harm, maim, kidnap, and kill people to prevent Sarah from doing that. And right. that that point is not healthy. But it, in the end, she did disobey her father. Yes. In the end, she did sit in jail. Absolutely. Right? Yes. In she ends end, up in jail. That's the last time we supposedly see... The last time we see, before Oliver Queen's funeral, the last time we see Nissa and Sarah is Nissa is in jail. Right. And Sarah says, I will get you out. And Nissa says, please don't. Right. And so that, not toxic. No, not That's at all. not toxic. That is a beautiful sacrifice born out of realization. And I think that realization is born out of love that she can't keep Sarah. Right. She can't. Um, she has to let her go. And that's a loving act. It is. And and in some ways, you know, we, we kind of were talking about this this weekend as well. I, I think that that's continued, that that sense of not possession, but that sense of, of loving and letting go is, is part of why the exchange between Katrina yeah. Law and yeah. Jess McCallan um, on Instagram and Twitter was just so moving this week yeah. because Katrina Law did not have to comment at no, all. No, no. On... Their interactions are always yes. beautiful. Um, you know, and, and people... And funny. Is, and, yes, you've you know... seen the Clexicon videos. I mean, they're, they just... The, it's clear that those three actresses clearly respect each other and oh, like yes. each other and joke around. But And the ships. Yes. They respect those yes. ships as well. Um, so, you know, I, I loved the fact that Katrina Law came on to social media and commented on the fact that Sarah and Ava are now engaged and was expressing as Nissa, you know, love and respect and well wishes for them. Um, You know, and that, that was, that was very classy. And that's actually the words Jess McCallan as Ava used that, you know, that that was 100% classy and, you know, could, could they invent the new friends of being, you know, yeah, the new phrase. Hashtag Frexes. Right. Of being <laughs> friends with, with, with your um, partner's exes. And it was, that exchange was just beautiful. I'm just going to say, I could not do that. Oh, right. <laughs> right. That, that's God level, bless them. That's, that's that. a level of maturity that, you know, may be challenging. Um, but I, I just, I loved that exchange. And to me, that is what I experienced 99% of the time between Avalanche and the Sarah shippers. But back to where, where I was going with this. Okay. We, we, so. we have seen Ava very much adapt, to too, change, you know, and then the Time Bureau went away, so she had to adapt to being a legend. And, you know, we, we've seen those things. But in the process, we've gotten more administrative Ava, and we've lost badass with a baton Ava. Right. I've tried to think the last time I've seen Ava fight with her baton, and it has been... I, Seasons. I was like, I think season three finale, when they're fighting 
the three armies and that Bebo episode. I was trying to remember if I had seen it in season four. I I don't think so. So, I mean, like, we've lost Ava as a fighter. Um, and I hate that because... Yeah, because she's, she's, she's badass. She's a badass. She's a badass. And and I can't I can't stand that. And so to go, you bring up a couple of points, and I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna I want to mention some of those. Um, but I'm trying to get the microphone situated here. Sorry about that. If if the you know it sounds a little off, but so the exchange between Katrina Law and Jess McCallan on Instagram and Twitter got me thinking that I really wish Nissa would show up on Legends. Ooh. I really, really do. That would be fun. And I really wish that Nyssa and Ava would get stuck somewhere together and have to work together. Because I don't think that they would be Frexes at the beginning. No. I do think that they would be at the end. But I think that the potential storyline that could come out of that between them and the potential... The potential fun of the storyline of Sarah freaking the fuck out because they are stuck together would be fantastic. Um, and not because they couldn't take care of themselves against any foe, because Lord knows they could. They absolutely could. It would be but the, the one-liners and sarcasm and, and biting. Because they may kill each other. Yes. So I think that would be really fantastic. Although I, I will say the version of Nyssa that we get, unfortunately, after Sarah Lance is, you know, unceremoniously killed in Arrow, um, the version of Nyssa that we get in her friendship with Laurel, I think that version of Nyssa interacting with Ava, there would, I think, at the beginning be a few one-liners and some sharpness between them. But then I think they would actually be amazing fighting with each other against outside foes. Yeah. I actually think there could be some uncomfortableness with Sarah at the end. Like, why am I so uncomfortable that you guys are such good friends now? Like, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Well, there's also, just as a side note, you guys all know, there are also lots and lots of stories out there that have, you know, threesomes between the three of them. Right. So. Yeah. OT3s. Yes. People love them. Um, okay, so you, 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 you could also bring up the fact that Ava has changed. And, and and of course characters grow and they change. Yes. Um and Ava has changed from such a badass to being more of a softer Ava, right? And, and lately, more administrator. And Ava. yeah. And more administrator. And lately we get a lot of the oh my god, Sarah screaming, right? And it's it's getting old. It's getting old real quick. It's getting old real quick. Not that we wouldn't scream like Ava in that situation. We're just tired of Ava being put. And they just think about all the things Ava had to deal with in season five. Just season five alone. Yeah, let's talk about them. Okay. You watch your partner get eaten alive by zombies. Right. And after you learn that she's been walking you towards her death the entire time. The whole time. Yes. That she had not told you. So you have to watch her get eaten alive by zombies and see basically your entire team get eaten and... You don't know how you're going to get out of it, but you've just been told your partner's like, oh, you can take care of this. And oh, by the way, I'm going to die. Like, so has to watch that. Number one, that's after Sarah has been hit with a, some kind of ray from a God 
is supposed to die, goes into a coma, right, and then wakes up blind, blind, yep, with a new power that she does not often tell you what is happening, right? Because she even asks her, "Are you keeping something from me?" And Sarah's response is, "Always," which is not true anymore. Doesn't look like doesn't. Then you've got the Star Trek. Uh, what do they call it? Star Trip? Is that what they call it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Star Trip episode where you get the big speech between Sarah and Ava where Ava is just like, I'm not okay. Like, I just yeah, watched I, you die. I don't want to go I don't want to go back. back. I want to stay here where we never die. Our crew never dies because they're androids. Which, side note, very funny. Um, But, you know, we that just... That whole thing was... Perfect. And it was such a perfect F you to a certain actor who shall remain nameless, but whose character Miss um, Lotz was making fun of. Or homaging, depending on who you talk to. But I do have to say, side note, the mini skirts on the male, on the male cast members. Or homaging. Hilarious. You're right. They weren't necessarily making fun of a homophobic mentality from said said person person um but that that to be to the point but totally where were. ava <laughs> is saying i don't want to leave and then you do have that beautiful speech that you know i have seen lots of people buy the t-shirts or buy um all kinds of things on redbubble that are beautiful designs talking about life is beautiful and terrible all at the same time right and and that's what makes it beautiful. Yes, and it's just that actually that that line, I think has been a lot of, has been helpful to a lot of people during the pandemic. Honestly, right. that that kind of helps us understand to that conversation to what extent Ava had been unmoored as Sarah dies. Sarah's blind. They're trying to figure out all of this stuff, and then They're in a coma. She was in a coma, right? And then she died, and, and... then then Sarah comes back, and then. They're celebrating, and literally their night, they're celebrating Sarah gets abducted. Right. So it's like, at what point does and Ava... And then she finds out she was going to propose. Right. And then she finds out she's dead. Right. And so... And, you know, so she's literally processing grief on top of grief on top of grief on top of grief. Um, and then she has to see Sarah shot in the head. So I think at some point, we're like, yeah, start a campaign. Stop. Hashtag stop. <laughs> Torturing Ava, twenty twenty one. I mean, it's she. She is just seeing the love of her life go through so much shit, and she's not having the time or place or space to grieve any of it. I mean, even if you just think about the engagement episode, in the span of that episode, we see she's in their quarters mm -hmm. grieving, watching the refusing to eat, right? Watching the proposal video over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Watching the, hey, David Bowie, yes. I'm going to propose yes, to my girlfriend. Yes, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend. Which, by the way, guys, to talk about little details, right? She's watching that over and over and over and over again. And it corrupts because Spooner is now in the background. Because she had talked to Sarah at the bar. So it changes the video. It changes the video. Just like it should have changed Sarah Lance, the original Sarah Lance's memory in real time, it changes the video in real time, which destroys the original. Right. Okay, anyway, sorry. I just no, wanted to that's, throw no, that in No, 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 that's fine. They um, do not miss little details. The rings matter. <laughs> so, 
Hashtag in, rings in, matter. In that episode, Ava is just grieving. And there's even, you know, people were like, oh my goodness, they even have tears on her pillow. Um, oh yeah, that was I mean, a great like touch. just it's she is clearly devastated. And we can feel like there's Kleenexes everywhere. Again, set set people on Legends know what they're doing. There's Kleenexes everywhere. You know, she has been huddling in that bed. And then the video corrupts. She's furious and hurt, and it just adds to her grief that the video corrupts. Sarah comes back. Yay. Okay, so huge pendulum swing. They're laying and talking and cuddling on the bed. And then, obviously, lots of people have filled in the blanks between them. Oh, it's totally shower six. Come on. Let's (laughs) not. Them laying Mm -hmm. on the bed and them going to Legends. But this is also happening in supposedly one day for Ava. Right. You know, so she goes from grieving to despondent. The video's corrupted, so she's angry at the world pretty much. Then Sarah comes back. She can't believe that. Maybe shower sex, but definitely, you know. Definitely shower you're, sex. You're, you're back. Then you go get the legends. Then you're proposed to all in one episode. Like, the pendulum emotional swings there. Yes, and happily, but that's exhausting. Yeah. And there's absolutely no kind of space for Ava to deal with that similar to the point they made in at the beginning of season five, where after the crossover, Sarah has no time to deal with everything that's happened there. It's just a, and still didn't get the chance because she got abducted. And then you're dealing with crazy ass Bishop and Hey, you're an alien hybrid and now a clone. And you do get to watch 15 episodes of Winona Earp. I mean, come on. Who would not want 15 seasons of freaking Winona Earp? Um, Which, by the way, we as both Earp fans and as Legends fans love the fact that, you know, they have referenced each other. Like that is I'm just going to throw this out just in the hope that Emily Andrus one day, maybe somebody will somewhere put this out to you. I'm going to put it into the universe. I would really love, in Legends Writers, for the next Western episode... In season seven. In season seven, to be in purgatory. Yeah, you don't even have to make a big deal about it. They could just be in purgatory and just run into be those in characters. Purgatory. That's it. That's all I want. That's all I want in life. It's just, <laughs> why don't I purgatory to be the setting for season seven... Legends Western episode. Please. Freaking awesome. Everybody meditate on that. Yes. Everybody. Send it into the universe. Send that thought into the universe and let's make that happen. Okay. Sorry. No. That's no idea. I'm not sorry. That's that's I don't even remember what I was saying. Let's let's do that. That needs to be put out there. Um, Yeah, you're right. Sorry. There's, There's so much that they've gone through and they haven't been able to have the time to even sit with. And yes, we realize this is a show, but we're just saying there needs to be some some downtime. And I think there's supposed to be a bottle episode coming up that maybe that will allow those characters some some downtime. And so the we're not normal thing at the end of this uh, stressed Western. That was the last episode that, you know, the speech Ava's reaction at the end of the episode to Sarah when she says, you know, we've never been normal. Why should we start now? Um, which is, again, a throwback to their first kiss where Sarah says, you know, I'm never going to be normal. I'm not going to be normal for anyone. And Ava says, 
I don't want you to be normal. And, oh, you don't? Oh, hell no. You know, and then their first kiss, that's intentional callback. Yes, I started thinking that immediately after that, they're having the the floats, right? Because they, quote, miss dessert. And it's interesting to me that, you know, this scene begins with her walking in with a milkshake. And so, you know, Sarah's sitting there drinking the milkshake as as they're having that conversation about normal versus let's talk about that for a second the milkshake the milkshakes okay okay um so sarah had four milkshakes or five in that episode uh at least that many at the bar itself before she then gets back to the ship and has the last one so ava is assuming okay that's the cherry thing that's got to be an alien what alien yeah, that's what she asked Gary. She, she, she asked Gary. And she's like, go find out what alien likes yes. cherries. <laughs> um, some people have brought up, I don't know how I feel about this, okay? But some people have brought up the fact that Sarah could be pregnant. Now, not, I don't think that that involved any kind of violation right. of her, well, for God's sakes, that's all he did, but... I don't think that involved any kind of sexual assault from Bishop. But if he is doing things with her body... If he's messing around with her DNA, if he's messing around adding and subtracting and... There's nothing saying that there's not an alien out there that can get pregnant by another female. Oh yeah, I didn't even thought about that. That's entirely possible. Um, he also could have just been like, here's a fetus, you know, which is a violation in and of itself. It is. So that's why I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to stick with the, if this is a possibility, and like I said, it's just stuff that we saw on Twitter and Tumblr this week. If 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 Sarah is pregnant, question mark, I'm going to believe in the... Alien DNA that yeah, is allowed like, Avalanche yes, to actually have a child. Yes, I'm going to go with that theory that, you know, if, if he has altered her DNA and added... Um, alien DNA that that somehow she would be able to get pregnant with Ava's baby. I'd be fine with that argument. Oh my God, are you kidding? Everybody would be ecstatic with that. (laughs) The the argument that, you know, that she was somehow impregnated while being cloned, that makes me very uncomfortable. It's oogie. And it's not like something... It's not okay. It's It's not not something that legends would go down that. So, you know, for me, it's the... I, I saw, like I said, you know, it wasn't lots of conversation, but several threads about the... Her obsession with cherries is very similar to when women are craving odd things when they're pregnant. You know, right. my my sister-in-law probably ate about 80 gallons of crab rangoon when she was pregnant with, oh, wow. with her, her second kid. And, you know, my brother would have to go out all hours of the night to because that's all she wanted. I mean, everything else tasted gross. Right. So I, I understand why people were saying that, that, you know, if they've had family members or friends who've been pregnant and have craved one thing. Yeah. I mean, Sarah doesn't want any of her favorite foods in the morning. She doesn't eat that breakfast. She's not right. interested. Um, she only wants these milkshakes. So right. I can at least see on that level the notion of the pregnancy. But the other stuff is a little... My mother, when she was pregnant with me, craved chalk. I know. You can't see her reaction. But, yeah, she craved chalk. It was a what-the-fuck reaction. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Um, but she did. She craved chalk. Like chalk on the chalkboard. Like chalk on a chalkboard. Yep. Crave chalk. Which says a whole lot about me, I, I think, talking about my personality and such. I but even, 
Uh, okay. Yeah. Each yeah. to their own, I guess. Yeah. And I'll just tell you when I, you know, my wife and I um, tried for a very long time to to get pregnant. You know, we took, uh, I took hormone injections and, and went through all of that. And I will just say that I craved raw hot dogs, like nonstop craved raw hot dogs, which I know, oh, ha, ha, there's some kind of joke there. But <laughs> I did. So, yeah, I mean, and we all know pregnancy hormones and just hormones make you crave some strange stuff. So it's entirely possible. I don't know. I don't like the idea of her being pregnant any other way aside from it being Ada's. That's it. Now, do I think they could somehow recover if they did offer a different explanation? Yes, as long as it wasn't Oogie. I don't think there's another explanation that's not Oogie. I mean, true. I mean, unfortunately. I just, I don't. So, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about about Legends. Okay. Do you think... Okay, first of all, we know that the next season is coming in like two months. After. Yeah, it premieres in October. It's a very, very, very short time in between. And we know that the finale has a couple of white dresses. Yes, and Jess McCowan's Instagram takeover, she was walking around in a white dress the whole time. Okay, so we know that's going on. It would seem to suggest very heavily that the Avalanche wedding is in the finale. But we also know that the finale has a lot of explosions and gunfights and lots of pyrotechnics lots of mayhem so my question to you is do you think they will be getting married at the end of this season and why or why not i i think that if you are a writer of a show and you know that between your season finale and your season premiere the following season is not going to be a year like it sometimes is for legends right you know it's going to be a handful of months, two, three months. And you know that. You can get away with doing a bigger cliffhanger, cliffhanger. finale oh. than you might do otherwise. Right. Um, you, you might um, explore things and do things that you would not normally do if you're going to make your fans wait for a year. So do I think they are going to get married? Um, I will say that I This think season. This season. Um, I think that there may be a wedding. Do I think that means the wedding will end with them being married? Uh, No, it's legends. I don't, (laughs) I don't, number one, I don't think it's going to go the way it's supposed to go. Let's just be honest. But Um, let's be honest. Zari's going to plan a beautiful wedding. Oh yeah. Yeah. Zari is, yes. A hundred percent will be here. But there's just a part of me that's like, that would be too easy. And it's legends. And so what do you think is going to happen instead? Do you really want me to share what I think yeah. my theory is going to be? No, I'm just lying. It was a, it was a <laughs> I, teaser question. I, I, I think that they're going to fight some kind of bad guy. They're finally going to make it to the altar. It's going to be it's Bishop gonna be, still, right? Yeah, um, or, or the who, White who knows? Yes. Yeah. Um, and all the pyrotechnics are going to be over with. They're finally going to think they can settle down and get married. And I just have this image of, you know, they're halfway through the vows and 
we hear this very quiet Ava and everyone turns and looks and it's supposedly the real OG Sarah standing there in her outfit. Oh no! And her outfit from back to the finale. That's that. I just have this image. Now I hope that doesn't happen. That's very angsty. In the outfit that she would have been abducted in. Yes, in the outfit that she supposedly died in. No, well, the no, outfit that no, she she's died changed. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, you're absolutely right. She's either going to be in the outfit she died in, which is the outfit she was in on the planet, or she's going to be in the the finale. Oh my god! Outfit. Now, like I said, that that it's now, very that's angsty. That's a mindfuck. Yeah. right there for her. That's very angsty and. You know, it may be too angsty for where legends normally goes. They're not dark. They're not arrow. Um, but oh my lord! At the same time, it's the if Sarah. Well, if that nothing. Hey, fan fiction writers, take that and run. Right? Can someone take that and run? Um, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. You heard it. Go run. Right. Please because, send it to me. I want to read it. You know, Sarah's the Sarah that we are following now that we are supposed to think is a clone. You know, she has that moment of you know who and what is sarah lance and who and what am i if the real quote-unquote sarah lance is dead then am i not the real sarah lance do i you know so we see a little bit of that and thankfully ava has basically said you're sarah lance you're still I'm, the same I'm gonna let these dogs out. Talking. you're still the same badass person you're still you know the sarah lance but all of a sudden, if we have multiple Sarah Lances running around, who are good Sarah Lances, bad Sarah Lances, if we have the same number of Sarahs that we have Avas, then suddenly we have a problem of oh who God. who Imagine? is the real Sarah Lance. Um, <laughs> real Sarah and Lance, please stand up. Yes, exactly. And that's something that has already kind of been introduced with Sarah's own concerns. So, you know, what if? I, I, what if somebody shows up at the wedding and says Ava very quietly, similarly to how Sarah said it at the bedroom what if she door? Really believes she is Sarah. What if that person really believes she is Sarah, and believes that Ava is marrying a clone, and that you know oh, she's the shit. so that's you know I, that's just one of those things that's been playing in the back of my mind. Of, You're evil. <laughs> because then everybody would be like, "What the fuck? Who is which one is Sarah?" You know, that's a who, great way to who end. is the real Sarah Lance? Now, I would do. I might be tempted to do that as a writer, just because you know you were coming back in two months, right, or three months, and you know your fans would not have to wait for a year, and therefore be screaming at you in all the Zoom calls for a year. Um, if you knew you only had two months, might I think about possibly doing that? Yes. Do oh, I think Lord. the legend writers will do that? <laughs> I don't know. They do all kinds of stuff. But that that has occurred to me that that would be a like a talking about an amazing cliffhanger of Yeah. They're getting married and another Sarah shows up. And would be a way for Bishop to still retain control. Oh, it would be the ultimate fuck you by Bishop. Oh. I shouldn't have asked you that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you no. have so yes, I think there'll be a wedding. I truly hope the the romantic part of me that believes in soulmates and has just loved the journey of Avalanche, I truly hope that at the end of that episode they get married and that's the end of the season. But I also know that they have another season. And you know oh, that. And so you have to start the storytelling of the season seven at the end of season six. So how do you do that? Wow. Yeah, that's a... Sorry to blow your mind like that. I apologize. No, it's fine. It's just um, now I'm going to probably be talking about that a whole lot. Let's hope that doesn't happen. 
but yeah, it's a horrible, horrible thing. If that's what they choose to do. Who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) You know me. Sometimes my my little writer's mind just goes off on its own little self. Oh, my God. Um, All right. Well, you you, you mentioned earlier about the people who are anti-Ava and who are, you know, who say she is toxic, which we just do not believe on this show. But I think one of the things this season that they really latched onto is that Ava kind of laughed a little when Sarah told her, I'm a human-alien hybrid clone. And she and was, left up in, yes. Yeah, and she And was, that, money, that moment is funny. I laughed too while watching it. Yeah, oh, that's a funny moment. But I think what they're saying, and tell me if I'm wrong because I'm not on Twitter, is that instead of being concerned, she, she had laughed. Yeah, that Ava laughs at that. And they were just like, how how ugly is that? She You're... laughs in disbelief. She's like, what? What? Like, what are you talking about? Because it's so out of nowhere. Like, it's out of left field. Well, and especially she's in the process of leaning over to, like, it's clear she is leaning over to initiate intimacy with Sarah. And Sarah leaps out of the bed and in one like phrase without any pauses between it tells her, you know, that she's an alien human hybrid clone. I mean, because she is not now hiding things. Right. And she, you know, let's just be honest. If she and Ava are intimate, Ava knows her partner's body and is going to notice, hi, you don't have scars anymore. So they need to have that conversation. Wow. So anyway, listen, everybody's allowed encouraged obviously yes. to believe what they want to believe and like characters you want to like and dis characters you want to dislike who cares everybody enjoys um shows and media and movies and such in different ways and gets different things out of it uh, but i i am not an individual who subscribes to the ava sharp is a toxic individual for sarah lance um no we are ava stands we we are we are Avalanche, Avalanche fans, absolutely. And I do I would like to know if Ava and Sarah get married, will there be an official Ava Lance? Yeah, there has been that, you know, that that that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Batwoman. Um for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Because uh, the season, first of all, second season was amazing. Oh, right, it, it, hands down. Hands down better. So much better than the first season. My God, world's better than season one. Um, we got to meet all of our characters, finally. It wasn't just the Ruby Rose show, um, you know. Oh, God. Guys, I don't think Ruby Rose is a good actor. I just, I just don't. I think that her being cast as an iconic uh, character, Kate Kane, was a huge mistake. Um, Which I think the world now is very well aware of because they've seen it play out on their television Just screens. awful. I wish with everything in me that Javicia Leslie had been cast as Kate Kane in the beginning. That would have been amazing. You're saying at the beginning of this season, if instead of bringing her in as a different character. They had just brought her I, I in won. as... I, I, wish, I wish she would have been cast as Kate Kane in season one. Oh, okay? yeah. 
And I wish that they would have just recast her as Kate Kane in season two. Now, I know some people are like, well, she's black. <laughs> so the twin thing with her and Alice would be a little weird. It happens. Okay. But the fact is, Javicia Leslie is a phenomenal actress. Oh, yeah. She and saved she, that she show. She saved Batwoman. I mean, she stepped in and saved Batwoman. Okay. She's an amazing Batwoman. And again, we've gotten to see the characters from season one grow and develop in ways that we were never seeing them do in season one. Yeah, I mean, you you and I have talked about the fact that season season one, they they the writers ended up getting themselves into trouble. Not that I'm trying to be, you know, a I would be a better that's not at all, at all what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is that the words that they wrote didn't show up the way on screen that I think they likely imagined. For me, season one actually became the, we all fell in love with the villain. And that's not what you want. Like Rachel Scarsden stole that. Like she owned Batwoman season one. She strapped that show on her back and carried it around. Yes. And at the end of season one, you're like, okay, Alice is a, like, she has done horrible things, like horrible things. But you're rooting for her. But you are still in some ways rooting for her. I mean, you have to see her poison Mary's mom, but then it's like, well, Mary's mom's not a great person. Like, you have to see all of this stuff, and you come to understand exactly why Alice is behaving the way she is. And it's like, I really want Alice to be okay. And at the end of the season, it's like, wow, this was not a show about Batwoman. This was a show about Alice. And I don't right. think that's what obviously they had intended, right? It became because Rachel Scarson is such an amazing actress. They needed someone to be able to carry it. That, yeah. There was in season one. Yes. And that's not to slam any of the other actors, but when you No, can, God no, they're amazing. Yes. When, when, you know, Megan Tandy is a great example. You know, you're telling this story that needs to be told about women of color in particular having to deal with their coming out journeys. And that that in many cultures, especially black churches, is not okay at all. And she's struggling with that in a way that I think resonated with so many lesbians. It was a beautiful storytelling But then when you have her acting opposite someone who I think a lot of viewers were struggling to connect with, that story kind of, that that story, Sophie's story ends up kind of fading away behind, wow, you would risk coming out for someone who is very almost cardboard-like when they're dealing with you. Yeah, when, uh, there was a lot of, backlash when Ruby Rose was announced as the actress who was cast to play Batwoman, who was cast to play Kate Kane. Okay. Um, a lot of people were just up in arms about that fact. And, and I know that she went on to a couple of shows and things and said that people were saying she's not gay enough to play, <laughs> to play Batwoman. Um, which, you know, some people probably did say that. I mean, people say horrible stuff all the time. But for a lot of other people, it was 
you don't have the range to play this iconic lesbian character. And I have to tell you that as a fan of Kate Kane, for over a decade, well over a decade, I am severely upset with the CW for and the show for what they did to her. For what they did to Kate Kane? For what they did to Kate Kane. Okay. Yeah. Um, characters and storylines are supposed to grow. Characters and stories are supposed to be representative of multiple groups of people, right? We need more black superheroes, period. Amen. Javicia Leslie as Batwoman, fantastic. So when I say however here, just hear me out, okay? Kate Kane is an iconic, important LGBT character in and of herself. She is important, okay? So as a fan of Kate Kane for 15 years, I am extremely pissed off that Batwoman shuffled her out of the way that they did. Okay? You're saying in, in the, the season finale that aired last yes. week. Yeah. So just a little history, okay? Um, the very first heavily hinted at, because you there used to be basically an embargo. You could not reference or show LGBT characters in comic books. In the late 80s, the very first implied to be lesbian character ever, and it was in a Superman series, was Maggie Sawyer. Okay? Maggie Sawyer that showed up on Supergirl and dated Alex Danvers for a very long time. Maggie Sawyer. She is canonically Kate Kane's fiancé. That's important. The first ever lesbian character in the Batman universe was Renee Montoya. Renee Montoya, you may remember her from Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of the Amazing Harley Quinn. Um, that Renee Montoya. Also, canonically, Kate Kane's love interest. So those two major LGBT characters are directly connected to Kate Kane. Okay? So in 2006, I believe it's 2006, they rebooted Batwoman. Now, Batwoman's always been a version of Kate Kane. The original one in the 50s was Kathy Kane. And they changed it to Kate Kane. 2006, they were telling the story about um, all the homophobia and, you know, people coming out in the military and being discharged dishonorably, all of that. And I have my own history with that, okay? I have my own, and one of the reasons that I connected with that character so much is that I was in the Air Force and was told that um, should I come out should I be seen in a gay bar? I could not be seen anywhere near a parade or anything like that in my uniform, or I would be in severe trouble. But that if 
one of my commanding officers, essentially, one of the officers above me or anyone who served with me saw me in one of those places. I was told, quote, they have more to worry about than you would because they are a higher rank than me and would also have been in that building. So when they redid Kate Kane in 2006 and she came out and she was an army brat who was discharged because she came out as gay. Which right? they acknowledge in right. Batwoman. They the, acknowledge the in TV season series. one of Batwoman. Yeah. Um, and she ends up going on her whole journey and, and right. So she is romantically connected to Renee Montoya, the first lesbian character in the Batman universe. And then is engaged to Maggie Sawyer, who is the first lesbian hinted, implied heavily character in the late eighties because they couldn't outright say it yet, but then they did. And they actually got engaged in the comic books. They got engaged. It was the first ever lesbian engagement in the comic books. And then DC Comics refused the creative team the ability to show the wedding. So the entire creative team quit. It was that important. And that was in... uh, uh, 2013, I think, 2012, 2013, something like that. So when the Batwoman show was coming out and it was, okay, here's Kate Kane. We've already seen Maggie Sawyer in the CW, right? She left from National City and went to Metropolis, which is where she's canonically in the comic books. That's where she is. So here comes Kate onto the scene as Batwoman, and I was beyond ecstatic. I was over the moon, because here we go. Here's the first lesbian superhero to head her own series. Here she is. She's coming. And I guess the CW was like, well, we need to go get the most lesbian lesbian who has ever lesbianed. And I guess they thought that was Ruby Rose. (laughs) And so people had a huge problem with that. As I did. I did. Because that's not who, that's not it. She's not, she couldn't do it. And she didn't do it. She could not do it. And we still don't know why Kate Kane, why she left the show. Okay. We're never going to know probably until like. It's going to continue being a they said, she said, whoever. But for me, I think it's very obvious. And this is not in any way to slam Ruby Rose as a person. I, you know, there's, no, no, not at all. I don't know Ruby. To, no. But anyone who watched season one of Batwoman could tell that there was a, a, a difference in acting ability being portrayed on the screen. Yes. And I think that was most clear when... She was acting opposite Rachel Scarsden, but I also think it's true when she was acting opposite Megan Tandy, when she was acting opposite anyone on the bat team, it 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 became to me, and I think like I said, anybody who's watched season one, that 
Ruby Rose was not a good fit with that cast, no. with that character, that no. it was not working the way that it should. And and I think that the Batwoman creative team has basically admitted that because when they went and hired Wallace Day, they told her, according to the, the Batwoman showrunner's interview with Entertainment Weekly, they told her, do not watch season right. one. Don't watch it. Do not watch the interpretation of Batwoman and Kate Kane that was presented in season one. You go read the scripts and decide what you think you would have done. Right. It was to that point that they did not want Wallace Day's performance to be shaped and impacted by what had been shown in the first season. So, you know, I, I understood that they chose to go in a different direction. And frankly, Wallace Day's interpretation of Kate Kane, the five or 10 minutes that we got to see it, Just, um, was already worlds better than anything we saw in the, in, in the first episode. So I don't think, we think that, the, I think there could have been lots of story left to tell of Kate Kane with Wallace Day. And for me, that's why I was so stunned and I think pretty much everyone I saw on my Twitter feed was so stunned that pretty much after that finale aired, Wallace Day posted a, a, a very heartfelt message that made it sound like she was leaving the show. And then it, it was confirmed that, yes, she oh, was yeah. leaving with the that show. Character. We yeah. told her story. Bullshit. The, the, the showrunner came out and said, oh, yeah, we've, we've, we're... We're done with with Kate Kane. Kate Kane is off to National City, and she's off to see her father, and In she's Metropolis, off to find by the way Bruce Wayne. Um, and you know, I was just sitting there, and we've talked about there was so much they could have done with that. Well, from there, so okay, when they essentially bury your gate, Kate Kane, and they did. Make no mistake, 100% did, okay? Because of whatever reason that Ruby Rose left the show. They said, stay with us, give us the chance. They pleaded with fans to give them a chance. They, they pleaded, and we did. And listen, season two was worlds better. Hands 100% better. Javicia Leslie is amazing and makes an amazing Batwoman. I think she would have made an amazing Kate Kane. Personally. If they just had the balls to do it. Yeah. If they just had the balls to do it. But my problem, and I have seen some very racist shit being thrown around. And I'm sorry. That's kind of makes me mad, guys. I'm not really sorry that it makes me mad. Racism is absolutely fucking deplorable. But I have seen some racist shit thrown around. They have done their actress no favor because they have made her a target. Essentially, they've made Javicia Leslie a target. They have made Javicia Leslie a target for racism to be thrown at her and okay. to blame her for Kate Kane leaving, right? Which is not and to blame her, which is not it's not her fault, okay? It's not her fault. And she is she has carried that show, she saved that show and deserves to stay on that show in a, a major starring capacity. I don't think you're 100%, saying otherwise, 100%. No, I'm not saying otherwise at all. What I am saying is that they took an iconic 
lesbian character, Kate Kane. And they did her dirty. It is a little insulting, number one, that you shuffle off, you, you bury your gay, and then you say, oh, but it's okay, because we're going to replace her with another lesbian, which is essentially what they said. Yes, and they were like, ooh, and this one is a person of color, as if that was not also insulting to Javicia Leslie to say, oh, look, you're a member of the LGBT community and you're black, so all those progressives out there will be happy that we've progress, you know, we've replaced Kate, quote unquote, with you. Which to me, but I we're was not like, interchangeable. We're right, not, you don't, at all. Lesbian like, characters I mean, <laughs> aren't just interchangeable characters. And I am sure that she didn't want to be cast just because she was a woman of color. Like she deserved that because she's an amazing actress. And because there should be there absolutely a should black be. Batwoman. Everywhere. There should be yes. a black Wonder Woman. There, there should, should be, be a black Batman. There should 100% People be. of color should be all over the screens as heroes of all different kinds. And so should lesbian and gay men. Yes. And bisexuals and, and trans actors. Like, all of it. But the way they described it, at least to me, was very much, oh, look at all these check marks that right. we're putting. That was, I think, offensive. That was very offensive. In the description of why they were making that higher. Yeah, it was very offensive. Um, but again, she has taken that role and she has made it her own. She's and it was... owned it. Oh my God. Just the fighting, the the tension, the romantic tension between characters. Like, she's off the charts. She's She's phenomenal. She is phenomenal. But, again, I'm not talking about that, right? I'm talking about Kate Kane. As a character, as the historical, iconic character for the LGBT community. And the way that they shuffled her off with no explanation, no nothing, from a show that is about her character is appalling. That's appalling. So, okay. Batman has been recast about 50,000 times, right? Always Bruce Wayne. Always Bruce Wayne. Superman has been played by many different people. Always Clark Kent. Okay. I'm not sitting here and advocating for Kate Kane to be the only Batwoman. I'm not doing that. I wouldn't do it. But Kate Kane is... Batwoman in the comics, right? In the comics. She should have a place on the show. Ryan Wilder makes an awesome Batwoman. I think it's fantastic. But you're about to have an explosion of villains. I mean, Poison Ivy's coming. Let's just be honest. You're about to have an explosion of villains in Gotham City. You're going to need a bigger Bat team. And great, they brought in Nightwing, which I think a, a lot of fans were so excited yeah, by. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. You know, and that's, you know, again, the actor, Cameron Johnson, who plays Luke Fox. I mean, again, amazing performance this He's season awesome. in He's... terms of, right. I mean, the, the, the storytelling was so much better in season two for lots of reasons. Um, but we see, you know, him get to become Nightwing. And so it's like, yes, yes, Ryan Wilder says, I'm going to have backup. I mean, that's just incredible. 
but even two of them are not going to be enough. be enough. And on top of that, you know, if Mary is running the clinic and running all of these other things, who is going to be in the Batcave? I think we're going to see Clue Master's daughter come back, Stephanie. Yes. I think she's going to come back. She's going to kind of, I think, probably play the Oracle for Batman role but there, in the Batcave. There is going to be the need and the necessity for other team members. And, you know, the description I read of the showrunner basically trying to defend sending Kate Kane off on this journey was the, well, Ryan Wilder is Batwoman. So, end of story. And it's like, yes, Ryan Wilder is Batwoman, and she's a great Batwoman. That didn't mean you had to send Kate Kane off. You could have used Kate Kane as someone who was there to mentor her. You could have used Kate Kane as someone who was helping run the Bat team in a different way or someone who was serving as backup for both Nightwing and for Batwoman. Right. So the notion that because they don't want there to be any discussion about whether or not Ryan Wilder is Batwoman, ergo you have to get rid of Kate Kane, I think it it offends so many Batwoman fans for years and years who have been following Kate Kane as Batwoman. And I also think you have this problem, at least for me, and you know, you and I have talked about, I I am not a comic book fan. I was not a comic book fan of Kate Kane. I just was watching the show. Right. From a television audience standpoint, you have already stretched your credibility to the nth degree by killing your gay and by getting rid of Ruby Rose and begging your fans to come back. Okay, your fans did. And what they saw was Wallace Day coming in and being an amazing actress. Who replaced, who, to, to play Kate Kane. Yeah. To, to and Cersei play an Sionis. amazing Cersei. Oh my God. Her interactions with the entire cast and were so wonderful. Much more like oh, Alice. she looks, I mean, it, we actually buy that she is, is, is Alice's twin. Yeah. And so you have this great storyline unfold with every member of the Bat team. She has different histories with all of them. And she could have been such an amazing partner to Ryan. Yep. Such an amazing partner to Nightwing. Such yep. an amazing part of of the Bat team. And even for me, it's the, okay, storyline-wise, you have to maybe send her off on a journey, but bring her back in season three. Bring her back with Maggie Sawyer. Right. You know, bring her back in season three and... Bring Floriana Lima in. Yes, that would be amazing. People. Who played Maggie Sawyer on Supergirl? Supergirl fans would probably pass because, out. Get, listen, they just sent her away, too. Yep. And bring her in because Kate mentioned she's going two places. She's going to Metropolis to see her father, right? Because that's where he was transferred. And she's going to National City. Well, both of those places have a connection to Maggie Sawyer, her canonical fiance. So. Bring Kate back when this explosion of villains happens with Maggie. Have Maggie start working at the GCPD because she's a police officer. Because I think they're setting up Sophie to be the commissioner. Oh, yeah. That would be like the commissioner Gordon of this universe. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going to set Sophie up for that. Have Maggie Sawyer come in. And be the love interest for Kate Kane. 
working under Sophie Moore, who calls Kate Kane the love of her life. Okay, think of the storylines you've got there. Think of the storylines you can still develop between Wildmore, right? Um, Ryan and Sophie. And that tension, because that's off the charts. Oh, yeah, that was basically throughout season two, I was just like, okay, they're going to have a really hard time convincing anybody that those two do not have chemistry. I mean, like, Because they have amazing chemistry. They have amazing chemistry. Um, Bring bring that back in. Have Kate be the funding billionaire, essentially, right? Because she took over Bruce's stuff. Be the person who gives the money to the community center to beef up the the clinic that, that Mary is running. I mean, you need to have a funding source for this. And even so, though Mary has basically has all the Hamilton Dynamics money, you would still think... Right. But then, because for me, it's insulting as a lesbian. And and again, as a fan of this character Right, for which for you, years, it's a totally different perspective, and I get it. I have been a fan of Kate Kane for 15 years, okay? So, to have someone come in and live in her apartment, her bar, you know, it... But it's okay because she's also a lesbian. Just feels a very, feels very, it's okay because we're interchanging one lesbian for another. And what's fascinating is that Ryan herself talks about that. Right! So if the character is aware of how awkward that is, then why would, why would then the Then that means that the writers are aware. Right. Why would they not have understood that, okay, this is awkward. It does send a weird message. And the way we're going to resolve that is we're just going to send Kate Kane off at the end of season two. Even though Wallace Day worked her ass off, if you ask me. In she this, was, my God. I mean, the, just oh the imagining of what she could have done as Kate Kane in season three, working with the rest of the cast. I mean, for God's sakes. Okay, so she knows the Batcave. She could be the person who's running the ops from the Batcave yep. while she's searching for Bruce. She could be the person who, if, say, Ryan gets injured in the field, or Ryan needs to go search for her mother, or Ryan wants to go out on a date, for God's sakes, who can step in? I mean, they did introduce that entire, the same dynamic with Ryan that they introduced with Kate in the first season, is that you can't be Batwoman and have a social life. Well, what if there are two? Right, you can even have two Batwomen, right? Or if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that, if you're trying very hard to make a statement that Ryan Wilder is Batwoman, okay, like we get that, we understand that. Javicia Leslie has earned that. Oh yeah. That doesn't mean you shuffle Kate Kane off and be like, oh well, we'll we're. We're done with She's her storyline. Like, how can you be done with her storyline on a show called Batwoman? Yeah, she's too... Kate Kane is too... The bottom line is, the Kate Kane is too important. She is too important in LGBT superhero history to just be over. And that is what I am mad about. And from a TV viewer's standpoint... You got me to come back to season two because you said, just trust us, we're going to fix this. 
we're going to fix Kate Kane. We're going to fix Batwoman. We're, we're going to make a Batwoman show that you love. And yes, they did. They absolutely did that. They, they made fans so much happier in season two. And the way that they rewarded us with that is we're bringing in this actress who you're going to fall in love with. Yeah, because she's amazing. And her interactions with all of the crew. And we've made a Batwoman that you're madly in love with. And are like, wow, yes, thank also you. Also Ryan Wilder, amazing. Yeah. And then instead of making any hard choices about how you were going to play that out over the next several seasons, you're like, okay, Ryan Wilder's Batwoman. See you later, Kate Kane. And it's like, I, as a viewer, stayed with you through that. You made me care about her as Kate Kane. Right. And That was the whole point of yes, season 10. Yes. And then you're just like, Bat Betrayal. So I don't know how many fans, based on what I'm reading on Tumblr and Twitter, are going to show up for season three. Because it's the, you asked us to trust you once, we did. You're not even bothering to ask us to trust you this time. And and here's the thing. I guarantee, I am not naive enough to think that there aren't people who have their own racist reasons for not tuning in to season three. And those people can go fuck themselves. Those people can go fuck themselves. 100%. Ryan Wilder is Batwoman. Javicia Leslie is an amazing Batwoman and should continue to she play kills Batwoman. It. She, she kills it. So if your issue is that you have issues with the fact of her race, again, go fuck yourself. Right. And that is the official opinion of the show. Um, the fact is... That there are lots of people like me who are upset with what has happened to an iconic lesbian character. And at the the limits of the imagination of the showrunner. That is what I am pissed off. To know. So, yeah. I have been struggling with how to talk about that. I really have. Because I have seen people discussing it and... It, it's it's not a great take, right? And I have seen a lot of arguments and I've seen a lot of hate thrown at Javicia Leslie, which is bullshit, okay? It's bullshit. She doesn't deserve it. It, it Just fucking stop it, number one. But there are people legitimately upset about a character again, who is so massively important to LGBT history that she just got pushed away. She got shoved away unsatisfactorily. Yeah. And just, just let me say this, okay? And, and I know we're, we're running a little long probably, but writers, no one wants to see you torture a woman over and over and over and over again for entertainment. Knock it off. Hashtag let Alice be happy. Yeah. Exactly. Let's start a fucking hashtag on that. Stop it. And I'll tell you. I'll tell you the show that it reminds me of. And the character that it reminds me of. Okay. I'm a huge Swan Queen fan. It reminds me of Once Upon a Time. And what they did to Regina Mills. Okay. Regina Mills was a character who was turned into the evil queen. And Lana Perea just, I mean, smoked it, blew it out of the water. She's amazing. We all bow down to her. She's awesome. But that show, it's 
its number one thing to do was, oh, how can we injure Regina Mills this week? How can we let her be happy for a second and then snatch it away? And then all the heroes can turn on her and point and say, ha ha, you're so horrible. Like over and over and over and over again. And that's what they're doing with Alice. And it's just, it, stop it. Stop it. Stop torturing women as a means of entertainment. Be better. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to speak for you, but don't get me wrong. We needed to see Beth's backstory. We needed to see why Alice becomes Alice. And we need to see if we think they're doing what we think they're doing. If they're turning her into Red Alice. Yeah, she was basically functioning as we, Red Alice We right need now. to see why she's transforming and continuing to evolve into a superhero-esque person. Similar to oh. Harley Quinn. You know, a... a an anti-hero. A, thank you. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. An anti-hero. Um, so... They were doing a good job of that, and then all of a sudden it's the, no, we're we're gonna send her back in season three into being more of a villain. And again, this is, I, I read that interview, and I was like, why would you do, like, why would you do that? Why would you give her emotion back, have her fall in love with Ocean, yep. have her deal with the fact that her sister has been yep. recovered, and... And got drug away from her, right, by the way. And sent her to Arkham... And when your hero comes in and basically says, ha ha. Gloats, yes. Which, again, doesn't make any sense to that us, given make who any Ryan sense. Wilder has been. Um, and then just be like, oh, Alice will be fine. She's she's going to be fine. And then have Kate, Kate, Kate Kane, who has just spent the last several months as Cersei murdering everyone. Right. Who should now understand right. Beth and Alice way more. Still be extremely judgmental about her sister and be like, well, until she's really sorry, she gets to sit there. And I'm like, you're not having to pay any penalty for being Cersei. Like, hello, Snow White, talking about the evil queen. Fuck you. it It was just that whole last 10 minutes of the finale. I just sat there going, none of this makes sense. It's it was too like, rushed. Th- it was there's, rushed. There's parts and things that are being said here that make no sense given what we've just seen. Alice literally goes plunging back into water, which is has to be PTSD for her, yep. to save her freaking sister. And the answer to that is, oh, Alice doesn't, you know, hasn't yet apologized. So she deserves to be in Arkham. Like, what the heck? Yeah, it makes no sense. So... Yes, um, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired, tired of women being beaten up emotionally over and over and over again. And Legends does it too. I mean, they've done it with Ava. Let's be honest. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Not as to much. To a much less extent, yes. But... It seems to be something that people want to rely on. And I understand that there has to be drama. And I understand that there, I mean, that's the way that we interact with it. Like, at what point do you say this is too much? Well, especially in the situation of Batwoman. And again, I I am not a showrunner. I am not a TV writer. I don't claim to understand everything that goes into that. But I think it's really stretching credibility to say, 
oh, it makes total sense that we've spent all of season two getting Kate Kane back. We see her for a few minutes at the end of the finale, talking to the Bat Team, talking to Ryan Wilder. And then we're just going to say, oh, the story's been told. She said, has said everything she needs to say. Which is it's, crap. It, it, it just, it does not do your fans of that character right. Um, especially when, like I said, for me, there are so many more stories that you could tell with that character as part of the narrative. But I think from what I am reading and what they're saying, they saw it as a zero sum, either Ryan Wilder or Kate Kane. We which can't have both. Okay. And since we want to keep Ryan Wilder, which again, that actress deserves that show, deserves to be Batwoman. Yeah, we want show. to see that she, show. She saved that show. We want to see her as that character, but that doesn't make it an either or. No, and when you make it an either or, that's what I'm talking about, that you're opening up your actress to get hate. Yeah. And that's not okay. Yeah, because it's not... I mean, she had... Davicia Leslie had nothing to do with their decisions no, about God Kate no. Kane, and yet... She is the one. She is the one who is getting, going to get. Well, and she is on Twitter. I, I mean, I haven't seen people tagging her yet, but in the conversations about Wallace Day not returning, it was very much centered on anti Ryan Wilder. And that's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Ryan Wilder is an awesome character. Javicia Leslie is an actress that I, is. I mean, mind blowing. Yeah, she, she is, came in and owned that owned that show. A hundred percent. But you, as a show and a network, did a fan base of a character wrong. And there was no reason. To and there do was so. no reason to do it. You you could have figured out ways to write and not be either or. You could have figured out a way to do both. I and. loved the exchange between Kate and Ryan when she said, you know, I put the suit on to serve my city and and you did it as a means of survival, right? She says you did it uh, for the right reasons, essentially. And you're the hope that the city needs. Right. Yes, she is. And and that it, that was a beautiful moment. I am not saying that Kate Kane should come back and put the cowl on. Nope. I'm not saying that at all. Would I love to see Wallace Day in the suit with that shocking red hair that is iconic Batwoman? Yeah, would. I would love it. But you're not saying at the expense of Ryan Wilder. God, no. No. I am not saying season three needs to see Kate Kane come back and take the mantle from her. Not at all. Representation matters. People should be able to see themselves in superheroes. Because superheroes represent the best parts of us. They represent the idea that we can be strong and stand up to injustice and we can fight back. And that's also what I love in, in this finale. The Rachel Maddow character, which I just love hearing her voice every once in a while on Batwoman. Right. But her saying, you know, we don't accept your resignation letter. Right. You know, we don't accept that. You still represent to us what hope is. You still right. represent the best of us. And to me, the fact that that version of Batwoman 
is fighting without the suit, right? And Sophie looks at her and says, you are Batwoman. You do not need the suit. Right. That is all about what that episode was about, that she's claiming her power. So I think that was why it was a little confusing to be the, okay, she's claiming her power, but we have to get rid of Kate Kane to give her room to do that, which, which is in no way true. I mean, it's, like I said, it's to it's me very much all around. like it's either or. Either right. we can have this character claiming her power or we can have this character claiming her power, but we don't know how to make both women be able to claim their power at the same time. Well, and my assumption is probably that CW was like, too many lesbians on the show. Sorry. Gotta I'm sorry. Get rid of some of them. The reason that Batwoman has been paired with Legends and will be paired with Legends in the fall again is because Batwoman needs viewership. And part of that viewership is the LGBT community. Damn right. And so to act Which you like, don't help when you shuffle off. Right. The first lesbian superhero to ever hold a main title. Right. And... Again, when you could, there are so many other stories you could have told about her. And, and, and you know that when I saw Wallace Day's tweet, I was just like, they've got to be joking around. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. They, I they, this is, this has got to be some kind of publicity. It's stunt. not. It's there not. is no it's way true. that they would bring her on for half of season, make a huge deal about the fact that they're going to find KK, make it all about the second season. Have Ryan Wilder have these moments of not feeling good enough to fill Kate's shoes. Have her be told, no, you are Batwoman. We believe you are Batwoman. And she is. And we find Kate Kane, and it's like, okay, Ryan Wilder's Batwoman, so Kate, see you later. Like, it it just... Then what was the point? Right. Then what was the point? Then just leave Kate dead. Right, but they didn't want to say, oh, well, we buried our gay. And that, I think, is is what it was. Well, I mean, the amount of... yeah. Once people found out Ruby Rose had left the show, it was the, you better not do this. And they did. But, but here's then the, not really. Here's the thing. It is not our fault that they cast someone who could not do the role. No. And instead of actually fixing that, which is what they led everyone to believe they were doing, bringing in an actress who could carry that role and... Could mess who could fix the mistake that was made in the first place. Right. Not just carry the role, but fix the mistake. They did that, and then the answer to that is see you later. Ha- yeah. Have a nice life. Yeah. So that is why I am I am seeing some people, a lot of people, be very upset um, about the treatment of of Kate Kane, and I don't want anyone to hear that we are saying that I, as the host of this show, am in any way saying that I am mad about Kate Kane because of Ryan Wilder. That's I'm not saying that. Ryan Wilder is an amazing character. Javicia Leslie is an amazing actress. Um, she saved that show. She made it a hundred times better. The storytelling was a hundred times better with her as that character. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, Kate Kane, she has been an iconic lesbian character since the early 2000s in this iteration. So when people are upset about that, that's a valid reason to be upset. That's not okay. There's no reason that Batwoman could not survive with Ryan Wilder as Batwoman 
and Kate Kane in some mentor role. There's no reason that that couldn't happen. No reason. And they even set that up as Kate Kane slash Cersei continually kicked Ryan Wilder's butt. And I thought that's where they were going. That she would be sparring her with her every day. I thought they were setting that that up too. Um, So I... I'm very disappointed. I am. I am very, very disappointed. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I mean, there have been a lot of people saying they're not watching season three, and yes, some of them are saying that because you know they're racist assholes. But I think that it is it is disappointing to me that there are also fans similar to you who are expressing frustration about how Kate Kane is being treated, and that somehow that's being flushed back into, well, you must be racist and don't want Ryan Wilder as Batwoman. And I I think, unfortunately, it's just kind of a reflection of the discussions across our country that we can't see nuance at all, that we can't understand that just because someone is saying, I think Kate Kane deserved to be treated better, has nothing at all to do with one's opinions or ideas about Ryan Wilder or the actress who portrays her. Right. But when you, as a showrunner and a network, set it up as an either-or, you're, you're essentially... Everybody s- loses. Yeah. You're setting that up. So, it... As ESPN is learning. Anyway. Sorry. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I'm... The the season finale the season was great it was it was amazing you guys saw me fangirl over it multiple times on the Tumblr, um, but I am really sad I am really really sad as a fan of Kate Kane and as a fan of Batwoman um, from the comics for you know fifteen years I I I'm really sad because bring Maggie Sawyer back. Yeah, I would have loved to see what that looked like. Um, bring Kate her Kane back. showing back up with Maggie Sawyer in the current... Yeah. I, I just... I need you God, to, to understand. The very first lesbian engagement... I mean, we just got an amazing engagement scene, right? Between bisexual Sarah Lance, lesbian Ava Sharp. We just got that. And people were in tears. I was in tears. The very first one... In the comics, ever, was between Kate Kane and Maggie Sawyer. Bring those characters in and let that play out. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm bummed. I'm real bummed about it. I'm real bummed. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of holding off on talking about this because, um, you know, I really wanted to talk about it in the correct way. And I, I, I hope we've done that. I, I hope, you know, that this can spark some discussion about um, the show and the people whose fault this should default should be placed at their feet, and that are the network and the showrunners, I think. Um, yep, not at all to do with the actresses. The actresses have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know where, where it goes from here. I, I really hope it continues on. Um, I have seen shows be killed for less because fans get pissed and stop watching. And that's, I don't want to see that happen at all. It's, it's an amazing show. Um, it's got amazing 
actors and actresses, and it is a truly female-centric show. Um, and this season they dealt beautifully, powerfully, profoundly with issues of identity and race and God, power. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, just, it was probably, to me, some of the best written episodes dealing with with all of the real world issues around race and policing and power. Agreed. In a way that was thought provoking. I mean, if you watch those episodes, you walked away thinking about them for a few days afterwards. And that was the point. They were designed to make you think and change and examine your own beliefs and your own prejudices and your own behaviors. And that's good writing. Right. Because people, Unfortunately, people turn away from the news. People turn away from real life with, with what is happening all around us. Um, they get fed narratives that are false about what is happening around us. Um, and then when you show it in another form, you can reach a lot of those people who switch off. And it's beyond, it's, it is the most important story to be telling. And they handled it in a way that was outstanding. Outstanding. So I, I don't know. I want this show to go on for seasons and seasons. I really, truly 100% do. Um, and I think it will. I think it'll go on. I hope. I know their viewership is down. Um, but just make smart choices I mean they have clearly great writers clearly and there are things going on in the room that we don't know right we don't know but I don't know just stop using people as props I guess is the best way that I can put it you know I don't know and maybe maybe that's a larger conversation that we need to be having about our uh, media and entertainment and how we consume it Maybe that is. Um, I don't know. I don't have the answer. If I did, I don't know that anybody would listen anyway. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, anyway, so thank you so much for, for coming in and talking about Legends and Batwoman. And I know we got a little heavy here at the end. Yes, I? but it was, it, again, I think part of why we as an American culture don't want to have these conversations is we don't know how to have them. And so, and we definitely don't have have them in a civil way. So it's important sometimes to have heavy conversations about, you know, hey, we, we can't, we need to be able to talk about Kate Kane and what she represents to the LGBT community. And, and it not, not allow you to pin us against. Right. And it not, then people can have true feelings about a character and it not automatically reflect on another character or another set or another group or another state or another country or another fill in the blank. It does not always have to be us versus them. And sometimes we have to have these conversations to say, when we let things like this divide us, we are playing into that narrative. Right. And, you know, I would really love to talk to lots more people about this too. I think I would love to, to hear lots of perspectives on this. Amen. 
Um, I mean, we're we're having our perspective as <clears throat> people in their forties who have seen. How dare you tell my age? <laughs> I didn't say what your age was. Um, you who, people in their forties who who have experienced life as lesbians in a particular way, right? And that colors our perceptions and our experiences, etc. But that doesn't mean our perceptions are necessarily the only perceptions and experiences out there. Oh, for God's sakes, no. Right. No, it's not. They're not. And so I would love to hear the different perspectives on this situation. You know, I always want to talk to everybody. I always want everybody to um, to some of your thoughts and, and engage. And a lot of you do. And I'm so grateful for you. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I would love for anyone who wants to call in and talk about, you know, Batwoman or what they're seeing, what they're feeling, um, legends, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Um, being sad that the bold type is over, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, that's a whole other show. I can't get into that yet here. Um, I would just love to, I would love to get, I would love to get actual conversations happening. Yeah, because conversations are how people's minds and hearts are changed. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you so much. We have uh, we have talked about a lot, and it's been a lot of fun. And I will have you here again, and we'll do it all over again, you know, at some point. Uh, I know you're going to be reading for us. I am. Um the issue is that there are so many great stories to choose from. We're trying to narrow down which story <laughs> I need to read. Yeah. Uh, so send us in your favorite stories. Send us in um, favorite author recommendations. Uh, send us in your stories. I have found amazing stories because authors are sending them in and saying, hey, I'd love for you to showcase this, and we will do so. Um, but, yeah, that is, uh, that's that's going to be our show for the evening and I thank you so much for tuning in and Gabna thank you for being here and chatting with us and let's all just keep on being nice to each other and keep on making amazing art and writing amazing fan fiction and being good people see you later